Hi everyone, welcome to Psychedelic Science Conference. We are here to witness an historic event. We have, I think, 11,000 people, attendees, coming to learn more about psychedelic and their benefits and therapeutic use. We're here for the next three days intensely, speaking to many leaders in the space and bringing you so much more news and updates. So stay tuned. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Psychedelic Conversations. Today I have with me Shelby Hartman from Double Blind Magazine. Welcome. So amazing to have you. Thank you for having me. So just a quick context about Shelby and her background. She is the co-founder and the editor-in-chief of Double Blind. Her work has appeared in Vice, Quartz, The Huffington Post and Rolling Stone, among others. Shelby worked in broadcast news production and CBS news covering presidential elections, protests, natural disasters, and other breaking news. And now you're in the psychedelic world. I am. Shelby, what brings you to this work? Mm. I've been a journalist my whole career. I'm 33 years old, so I guess that's not very long, but I began, as you mentioned, um, you know, sort of in the mainstream newsroom world at CBS News, and I wrote for Vice and LA Weekly, and always wrote about many different kinds of things, which I think is very common for journalists, and also always wanted to be, always wanted to be an expert in something, but didn't know what that was. And then I went to a drug policy conference in Atlanta, Georgia, and I had this aha moment because I realized if I wrote about drugs, I got to write about everything. All the most prescient issues that our culture is facing, or many of them, including the criminal justice system, the pharmaceutical industry, health and wellness, and spirituality when it comes to psychedelics. Right. Thank you for sharing that. What about your own experience in the medicine space? Are you okay to talk about that? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm an open book. Um, tripped on mushrooms for the first time when I was 18 in college and just kept, kept tripping and kept smoking weed, but was also always a journalist and at some point was very blessed that my personal and professional trajectories merged. Yeah, that's beautiful. And now you are the chief and editor of Double Blind Magazine. Can you talk to us about the Double Blind? I know so much about it. I'm really I'm a huge fan of your work, by the way, and what you guys are putting out there. Um, so if you could talk to us about the Double Blind Magazine. What's it stand for? What is it that you guys are doing? Mm, yeah, so we began as a print magazine. Um, in 2019, we released our first issue. I had the idea while I was meditating at the end of 2018, and it took us about six months to birth the first baby. And um, yeah, we, we cover everything. We cover drug development, indigenous stewardship, the ethics around patents, policy, art, culture, sex, everything. Um, and also in more recent years, birthed kind of a second branch of the business, which is education. So really helping people who want to learn more about psychedelics and don't know where to start. We have a class that teaches people how to grow mushrooms. We have a class on microdosing. We have a class on macrodosing. And all of those, all the proceeds from that education goes directly back into our journalism to make the magazine possible. Amazing. And those um, listeners out there wanting to learn about growing, cultivating in the way, you know, that is legal and safe and you do a lot of work on harm reduction and you have this incredible webinar series that I often join so uh, they're brilliant. Um, thank you for this dedication, I really honor that and 
You've spent a week here in the conference. So what are your observations? Like where are we headed from your perspective, from a journalist? I mean, there's a lot going on. It's really hard to wrap my brain around all the various facets of it. It feels like when I began reporting on psychedelics, which was in 2016, 2017, I mean, I, I didn't know everybody, but at that time it felt like I knew everybody and everything that was going on. And now my head is just spinning, trying to keep track of all the drug development companies that are putting various compounds or trying to put various compounds through the FDA approval process. All of the retreat centers, all of the clinics, all of the, you know, products that are being sold upstairs in the expo that clearly someday want to be doing adult use psilocybin and are just waiting for the moment that they can do that. Um, it's, it's just, uh, there's so much happening. It's, it's really hard to predict where it's going to head. Um, my sense is, is that um, while there might be some disagreement about the best ways for the psychedelic movement to unfold, that all of the various factions of the movement are progressing simultaneously, regardless of whether people like it or not. So right now we have more than a dozen jurisdictions that have decriminalized psychedelics at the local level, at least here in the United States, and of more than 100 cities and counties that are looking to do something similar. That's going to keep happening. We're going to keep seeing stuff on the decrim front. Yeah. On the FDA approval front, I mean, Rick Doblin said it in his opening remarks, MDMA is projected to be approved by the middle of 2024 for post-traumatic stress disorder and uh, psilocybin will probably follow shortly after that. Now, when we look at policies all around the world and reform all around the world, at least Rick Doblin seems to think that the FDA is um, going to be sort of the first domino in a domino effect whereby we'll see more research and more approvals happening all around the world. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Um, from your perspective, again, what would you like to see happening? I know we all have our favorite approaches, frameworks, modalities. Like, what would you like to see happening more of? Yeah, yeah I... At the end of the day, I think that the goal is alleviation of suffering for the most number of people. And not creating a hierarchy in which we say this type of person is more qualified than that person, or this setting is better than that setting. Really, it's just about access and being in right relationship with both the compounds themselves and the history that these compounds come from. And so I think it's really, um, at this moment, I would like to see, I, I love all the progress, it's very exciting, and I'd also like to see a slowing down yeah. and a reflection and people taking the time to do their own work and to really ask themselves what their values are. Because this is a conference of more than 12,000 people and the irony is that at the end of the day, psychedelic work is deeply intimate. Yeah, yeah, and currently it's been mainstreamed and we have this guest mindset coming in strong and competitive nature. All of that is happening. So what would you advise those that are in this space, in the front lines of doing this work? What would you advise them? Like, because we're all thinking now, we can't take sides. We need to be neutral. We need to be open-minded and friendly and allow other frameworks to come in. Like you said, it's all about alleviating suffering. But can you see that we're going to be heading towards other directions that's not gonna happen that quick? It's really hard to predict. Yeah. Um, 
So like I mentioned, I mean, there's, there's multiple different fronts upon which psychedelics are being reformed, not just decrim and FDA, but there's also stuff around religious freedom. There's also all the retreats that are happening abroad. There's also a vibrant underground. My observations, we see a lot of people talking, especially in the UK, that they're kind of taking the side to more community, more indigenous sort of, or at least community therapeutic, not so much the medical model. But we are heading towards some kind of a disaster. That's what they're saying. I'm just an advocate. I'm just hearing these things, right? Right, right. So I got it back. I'm sorry about that. So I was going to say, um, so, but generally looking just at these two pillars of reform, decriminalization and legalization through the FDA, there's a lot of questions about how many people that that is going to touch. Because in regards to decriminalization, we know at least with cannabis that simply, simply decriminalizing cannabis didn't mean everyone started smoking weed. It meant the people who were smoking weed and growing weed were no longer at risk of being arrested. But, you know, same goes with FDA approval. There's a lot of questions around, okay, so MDMA becomes legalized, then people with particular indications are going to qualify in theory, right? So people with post-traumatic stress disorder, but we don't know what it looks like if you don't have one of those indications. We also don't know how many people who have PTSD would even be open to the idea of doing MDMA just because it got, got the FDA stamp of approval. Yeah. 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 So we just, we don't know yet how many people this is going to touch. And a lot of people obviously have psychedelic experiences personally. And, you know, it's this, this cliche story of, oh, I've discovered, you know, I figured out all the, all the world's problems and this is the solution. And, you know, and, and, you know, when we come back down to earth, we realize um, just because psychedelics change your life and just because you think they could change your mom's life or your best friend's life doesn't mean your mom or your best friend is going to do them. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So education is... The, the critical key, would you say? Yeah. So adding more education. Yes, we have, like you said, slowing down and doing your own work. I Yes, I think education is important. <laughs> um, and I think that thinking about ways to reach new types of people so we're not preaching to the choir is important. So I think that these policy initiatives play a really important role in terms of education. Um, I also think, um, you know, having people like Aaron Rodgers and Jaden Smith and, um, you know, Reggie Watts and Eric Andre and celebrities come into the space, you know, uh, brings a lot of awareness to what's happening within psychedelics. I mean, I hate to say that because I think celebrity culture is ick, not that I have anything against those particular people, but, you know, it's easy when you're here at Psychedelic Science to think like, wow, look at the magnitude of this movement. And like, yeah, there's a lot of people doing psychedelics, but there's way more people who are not doing them and not talking about them. So I think that there's this the elephant in the room of like, how do we actually broaden the scope? How do we actually get more people interested in this topic and to take it seriously? Yeah, yeah. So how will your organization move forward in this space? It's quite sensitive, it's quite delicate. Um, I remember um, at one time, your Instagram was taken down. Yeah. And then it, it took a the algorithm gods. That's a big challenge. So how, I mean, is there a strategy that you guys following? Uh, if there's listeners kind of following these kind of footsteps on social media? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've spent my whole career in content. So there's a lot 
there's a lot of strategy that goes into making sure people see what you're putting out that unfortunately has nothing to do with the quality of the content itself or you know how much you care um so there's a lot of just like playing the game in regards to making sure that your education and your articles are search engine optimized and that you're using the proper hashtags and that specifically in psychedelics you're thinking about censorship and what the algorithms are flagging and taking down um you know we reach Double Blind has, re has reached about 20 million people since we started, you know, and, and I'm so like, it's so crazy to think about that. And I'm so honored and I'm so humbled to be doing this work. And like a lot of what we do on a day-to-day -day basis isn't sexy. People are like, oh, you run a psychedelic magazine. That's so cool. And it's like, yeah, it is cool. And there's the reality of trying to run a media business in the 21st century when like nobody has figured out how to how to make money or fund meaningful storytelling yeah 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 that's brilliant <laughs> um so um what are your projects is there any projects in the pipeline what are you guys doing up to what are you up to now like mm. in this space yeah um well Honestly, I feel blessed to even still just be here doing this work five years in um, to have been able to grow a print magazine and and we have a small scrappy little team that cares a whole lot and, you know, we work really hard and um, so even just to be able to keep doing doing this work and putting out magazines um, is really important to me. Yeah. Um, we are also, uh, you know, getting more into multimedia. We're working on a book. Um, so you can keep an eye out for those things. Will do, will do. And if they wanted to reach out to you, connect and follow and subscribe to your magazine, where can they find you? Um, what would you say? Like, what can they do to support this journalism? Because I think it's really, really crucial right now. Mm, thank you. Um, so doubleblindmag.com is our website and we're at doubleblindmag on all the platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, you know. Um, so you can follow us, and if you want us, if you really want to support us, you can subscribe to the magazine or you can become a member. But um, you know, we welcome everyone in our community, and we have scholarships for everything we do, and we don't shut anyone out. So um, we welcome everyone with their questions and their curiosity and their love to be a part of what we're doing. That's amazing. And uh, what about? Are you going to do some projects or work on indigenous cultures and kind of reciprocity and also like sustainability? I know you talk about those things in your webinars sometimes, like especially one of my favorite was, I think it was on Iboga. Mm -hmm. That was really moving, actually. We had, I think you had um, a, a few indigenous people from, from Gabon. Mm -hmm. uh, that was very impressive. And so how do you, sort of your role as being in the leadership front line, uh, your contributions to like sustainability and reciprocity. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that question. And it's, it's really tricky and it's a conversation that we're having yeah. all the time at Double Blind. And for us, we want to center equity, access, inclusivity, at every stage of our business, from the stories that we highlight, the writers that we hire, the artists that we work with in the print magazine itself, 
to the educators that we have and the people that we bring into our workshops, all the way to the very tippy top of how Double Wine is actually structured as a business. So how much money that we're donating to Indigenous-led causes, if we're going to at some point change our actual legal entity structure and allocate some shares or something like that to Indigenous communities, we're having these conversations in real time. Um, and I'll say that like, you know, like I said, like the fact that we even still exist is a miracle and we've done everything that we can, um, you know, to, to be inclusive and to offer scholarships for everything we do. Um, and we want to do more and more and more of it as we grow and as we're able to. Yeah, that's wonderful. Like this is something in my mind and in my awareness all the time, because as the leaders in the space grow and expand, like how do we then make it more inclusive, like you said, and also sustainable? Because, you know, we do come from a culture of consume, consume, take, 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 right? So, and thank you for thinking of that and having those conversations because I am witnessing them because I am a member of your, you know, community as well. And I see and follow. And to be honest, um, I think I learned the most authentic historical news from you guys mm. compared to, because there's so much noise out there, so much people are just producing so much content on the history of psychedelics and everything is going on. It's, it's quite noisy. Mm -hmm. So I find that you guys really succinct, simple, short, to the point news out there on psychedelics. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you for being a part of our community and for supporting our work. My pleasure. And thank you for creating time and space. Before I let you go, uh, one last question is, what are your observation, observations about this whole conference this week? Have you been here since Monday? Is it, yeah. Well, there's a lot of people that I love here, so it's been nice to just hug them. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's just so many different types of people in the psychedelic movement. Yeah. Um, and I've been to conferences that are like investor heavy, where I'm the only person in the room being like, hey, what about indigenous stewardship, you know? And I've been to conferences that are all about plant medicines where people are like, you know, doing hape outside the panels and lighting Palo Santo. And <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing a little bit, but I'm just, you know, I've, I've been to every type of event in the space. And I think the thing that's amazing about this conference is that everyone is here or it feels that way which is important at this particular moment in psychedelic history, I think, because as Ishmael Ali and Natalie and Liana said in the opening remarks for the conference, disagreement is inevitable within a movement. And so for us to see disagreement and say, oh no, everything's going wrong and shy away from it rather than walking into it in integrity and saying, let's talk this out. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, you know, I think this conference has hopefully provided an opportunity for many fruitful conversations that will ultimately land us all in a place that we feel good about. I think so. I think the ripple effect is going to be huge <laughs> after this, right? Yeah. Um, it is a historical event. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Joe. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for everything we're doing and I really appreciate you. Thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, we'll add all your links and everything in the show notes so they can contact and connect with you. And thank you for being here. I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye for now. Bye.